Here we go. Hello and welcome into the Section 109 podcast from Studio Breezy. We got the goat, Babo Juan. Mix and Toby, for now, unless Ellie gets called into work, are in the back, so maybe it will be a quieter podcast. We will see. <laughs> we're here with Jay hey. and Matthew, What's up? and we're ready to talk about uh, the last two games that we haven't reviewed, and then also a preview because we know boys are semifinal opponents. But before that, how we doing, Jay? You were mentioning before this you made some dietary changes. How are those going? I'm still sugar-free going on about a month, and I'm still having the shivers, and I still feel like a drug addict, but I also feel better at the same time. I know that that makes zero sense. Have they but, diminished uh, a little bit, like the cravings? Uh, actually, they've probably gotten stronger. But oh, I just, shit. I've just been pushing through. Hell yeah, dude. I'm yeah. proud of you, man. Thanks, man. Getting rid of sugar is... It's tough. Like, I, I, eat, a, you know, I eat a lot of natural sugars, of course. Fruit and whatnot. Like, I'm... It's funny, like I started eating honey crisp. This is sorry not to go back no, to the no, food go, podcast, go. but I started eating honey crisp apples till, and they like cut down on it. But after like three, I'm like, yeah, that doesn't do the trick. So, yeah, but, but at I'm least just, you got something to fight it with. Yeah, that's true. Matthew, yeah. how are you? I'm alive. God, the game day jitters must have already set in for you. So it's Thursday. <laughs> they've, set, they've set in for me. It's Thursday. We are boys. Normally, this would be two days out, but we're not playing on Saturday. We're playing on Sunday. Thank goodness, because we've got an extra day of anticipation, and we are playing Flower City Union. But before that, Matthew, let's go to two games ago when it kind of felt like the season was crumbling, um, because while you and I were at a wedding, we went out and, uh, spoiler alert, lost 3-2. to two. Let's uh, talk through that. Yeah, so it's been a minute since we recorded. Um Last episode, we we reviewed the uh, regular season clinching win at Flower City Union mm-hmm. to zero, which felt great. Which felt great. We we then uh, go on the road to Savannah, score the first goal through a Marcus free kick, and then we give up the simultaneously best and also softest goal uh, in terms of our defending that I've ever seen from this team, and. Uh, interesting, interesting <laughs> kind of game. Uh, we end up we end up getting a, a second goal early in the in the second half to go up two to one. Uh, that's quickly followed by uh, a rather unfortunate uh, deflection uh, that gets taken over John Burke. Uh, John Burke got the starting goal, his first um, his first league appearance uh, of the season, and then there's a, a late penalty kick. Uh, that that's awarded and converted uh, with a kind of rush of the game kind of sees itself out three, two loss. Um, not what you want, but like, I don't think this, I don't think the sky was falling or anything. I think it was just a weird confluence of events uh, coupled with already having clinched the league and, and sometimes weird shit happens. So I think I was watching the best man's toast which shout out Josiah, who you'll never hear this, but you killed it. And Cody and Madison are doing whatever. And then I come back to talk to you right around that same time. You're like, two, one, good guys. And I'm like, hell yeah, let's go. And then um, not too long later, I'm on the dance floor, um, as one does at a wedding. And you come out and you're like, three, two. And I'm like, huh? And you're like, the Savannah or whatever. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> Damn. 
And uh, yeah, it was a bit of a roller. So I'll be honest with you. I have not rewatched the game. I, I kind of wanted to this morning, but then um, based on a listener question, uh, we did some other research, um, which we'll get to towards the end. So Jay, where did, did you watch this game? Yeah, I watched the whole game. How are you feeling? I mean, uh, just to give my overall, not too in depth, I, I'd rather, I'd rather it had happened then, than even, even in the middle of the season when we were like really chugging along, I'd, I'd rather it have happened then than the beginning or the middle of the season or mm. going on into the postseason. So like growing through that advert, like the adversity of a loss only helps us get stronger. So, I mean, it's a nice, it's a nice reminder that we were not invincible and it, really never have been. I don't want to be in a lull going Bingo. into the, the semifinal. So just, I mean, it sucks. Of course. I mean, but Any, anytime you lose only two games on a season, and that's the second game you lost. Like I'll take it. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, but, but it feels worse, right? Yeah, it definitely. If does. we had lost, if that was our fifth loss of the season, and we were in fourth place, it'd be like ah, whatever. It happens. Here we go. Bring on the playoffs. But it kind of feels like when you lose your second game, you're like ooh, I don't like that feeling. I don't know that feeling anymore. Especially because it's a team that finishes eighth in the table. You know, who took I think points in seven of the last ten games. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean, like, not- it's a markedly different team than it was. The beginning of the season, Look, like they played, good. they played. So the twenty-four games in the season, they played thirteen games. Uh, this is a thirteen-game half, and then an eleven-game half because uh, the, the twelve marker is uh, a, a little bit annoying. Their thirteenth game of the season was the beginning of August against CFC in our place. We beat them five nil. The remaining eleven games of the season, but they had they had five points at by that point, five points in thirteen games. And what they finished with, like 19? And put themselves in playoff contention for a second. For, for, for a, a brief hot, second. A hot second. Did they bring in a bunch of players? They brought in a couple. Not I knew I knew they had some transfers in. They but. brought in a couple. They also had they had a couple injury issues early on as well. Gotcha. Um but like they just they just got they got better. Yeah. They also yeah. were able to get a win over Club de Leon. They were able to get a win over um no, they they had lost that game against Club Leon, didn't they? I forget. But they, they were able to beat Gold Star, I think, in, in a game. Uh they beat Maryland in a game right before they beat us. Like But when they when they beat us, like when, when they were playing against us, did they have a chance to be in the playoffs or was uh, it done the first by then? time. The first time that we played them, no, we this, won one zero. The game that we lost. No, they were already eliminated. Okay. So you know some you, of the pressure coming off. You know those games where it's weird like that because you have nothing to lose, but it's just like go out there and I play would, the I game would say of the century. When you're at five points after 13 matches, like you're done. Like there is nothing to play for. Yeah. And I think they got a little bit better. Some of their young, they had a fairly young team, um, and some of the young players grew up a little bit. Yeah. Acclimated to to the league. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know they sometimes it just takes a while for. For them to figure out, I, th- I think they brought in Rigova and Cameron Schneider from from Gold Star, who did make them better. And both of those players were were better than better than the starters that they originally had. In and those more kind of than positions. that, though, like, and, brought, and Cameron Schneider's been around been around Nisa for a while. Like, he played a little bit like, with us. He, I'm pretty sure, on trial. Uh, yeah, he played with us on trial. But like, what I, I guess what I was saying is, you know, he's played for for Michigan. He's he's been in camp with us on trial. He was in a bad situation in Gold Star. Like he immediately brings like a little bit of leadership and stability, yeah. and like Cam Schneider is not the greatest player in the league or anything. But when you're when you're a struggling team with a bunch of young players and you bring in somebody who's decent for the league, yeah, like it's it's just a massive 
a massive boost, maybe more so in reliability from game to game than anything. Can I break this your is, balls? This, yeah, in a second. This is a league. <laughs> yeah, yeah that was, that's his version of well, actually, while you just this, <laughs> talked right through it. This is a league that uh, I think a lot of a lot of teams struggle for consistency and and reliability. And I think you see from from CFC and Michigan Stars, probably the two best teams in the league over the course of the year. The one thing that that CFC and, and Michigan have had going for it all year has been you, you kind of know what what you're going to get game to game mm-hmm. uh, from from the team itself, but also from individual players. And as as you go up the levels in soccer, the the consistency is is incredibly important. And a lot of young teams, young players, this like quasi pro amateur thing that we have going on in NISA, I think is marked a lot. Like there's a reason why players are here. And a lot of times it's because they're, they're just inconsistent game to game. All right, go Jay. Well, you talked out of it, but I was going to say, you were talking a lot about the Clovers and I was about to say, but none of that fucking matters. Correct. We're moving on. <laughs> from them. Yeah. But I will say, I will say that loss though, that I feel like I hope that puts a fire under not the players. Cause I don't think they need it, but some of the fans and fan base to come in and really show out and help the boys. I agree. Let me, let's go over the lineups really quick. Yeah. Um, because it wasn't all the same players. Um, not that it's a big, big changes, but um, we had goalkeeper John Burke. Shout out John Burke for getting his first start, as Matthew mentioned. Uh, Jung Woo So back in the lineup at right back, um, who was subbed out, and we'll talk about it in do, a second. Do, sub, do subs after. Okay. Uh, right center back Sebastian Capazucci and left center back Aiden Bowers. So Capo moving from right back, where he's been playing the past few games, uh, into center back and sitting Anatoly. Um, Aiden Bowers, again, left center back, left back Joseph Perez, and then it go, gets normal from there. Um, what we've seen kind of the past... 10, 15 games with Richard, Alex, and Luis, um, Mumu, Jesus, and Marcus. Um, subs were Colin Stripling in the 75th, uh, came in, and then Colin Stripling promptly left in the 79th with a red card. Um, Anatoly did come in at the 45th minute for Aiden, giving Aiden his only 45 minutes off of the season. I ran into Aiden, and I, I mentioned that he finally got his uh, first 45 minutes off, and he was upset that he had any minutes off for the season. So love that, Aiden. <laughs> love that. Um Jesus Sabara was subbed out for Juan Luis in the 75th, and Mark uh, Marcus came out for Lenny Lopez in the 75th. So you'll notice we made three subs in the 75th and one sub in the 45th. These were programmed changes. These were planned yeah. changes yeah. of Rod managing minutes, no matter what the game state was. Yeah, it's this is this was the, it, it, as this trust, game didn't matter. Trust the Rod says of anything else. This game Time, didn't matter in the in the table. Score did not matter. Uh, Game state did not matter. Aiden Bowers was getting subbed for 45 minutes. Anatoly was, was only playing 45 minutes. Yep. The the changes planned for for Marcus, for Abara, and uh for Jung Woo were planned probably for around 75 minutes. Um I think the goal was to get Colin a few minutes uh well, in, we got in, him this, a few. in this game and then play him against Club de Leon. The red cord spoiled that one a little bit. Um but like this was all this was all planned. Because it was a Saturday heading into the final fixture of the season, which was the following Wednesday against Club de Leon. And while there was nothing to play for, what that game does allow us is to go 10 days between games and not 14 or 15. Um, So you kind of figured that starters were going to play at least a good portion of, of the Club de Leon game. And that's what we got. 
Um, in fact, it was the exact starting lineup that had played uh, against Flower City and had played against Savannah the game before. Not quite against Savannah the game before. There was one change there. But like by and large, it was the group that we expected. Mm-hmm. Um, Jean-Antoine back in goal. Sebastian Capazucci at right back. Uh, uh, Preparlitza and Bowers and Perez. Uh, Dixon, McGrath, Luis Garcia-Sosa, Mumu, Jesus, and Nags. It was very predictable, I think. And and I thought I thought going into for the Club de Leon game, I thought it was a different. Thought it was a different team in terms of mentality. Um, you know, they they took that loss right on the chin and came out and immediately tried to rectify it, and and it took a while for the goal to manifest itself. Um, but there was there was tons of decent creation. Uh, there was some lively activity. I think there was a good goal called back in the 22nd minute. There was a good goal called back uh, in the 86th, 87th minute, something like that. You know, uh, we were unlucky not to score in the fourth minute. Uh, we got a similar, the actual goal that was scored, um, kind of a similar situation to, to that moment early in the first half um, that Marcus puts away that wins him the golden boot. Um, I thought, I thought this team was, was, trying to be careful with Club de Leon's propensity to foul just cause. Um, but also they were, they really, they really handled the game well um, that I saw in, in rewatching. They really handled the game well, given, um, given the task at hand. And, you know, I think, I think all eyes now go to uh, go to the playoffs Three subs were made in the Club de Leon game. You had uh, Taylor Gray getting his first minutes back since uh, his first league minutes since uh, Flower City at home in April, right before the Open Cup. Uh, Lenny Lopez got subbed on in the 79th for Marcus, and Juan Louis got a 90th minute cameo for Jesus Abara. Do you want to talk about the goals we scored in Savannah? Uh, Marcus from a free kick, and then it was another. It was another free kick opportunity. Uh, Alex McGrath plays a big ball in. Yep, gets bounced around a little bit. Comes to comes to Mumu, who slides it across for a bar, who puts it home first time. Um, nice, that's see our two, f- nice. See the two wingers combining. Yeah, yeah, and and that's our first. Uh, that's our first free kick goal that is not like Marcus shooting and scoring mm. of the season. Well, that's because Marcus. If you get it close enough. It's going to shoot on goal, <laughs> yeah. as, as one should. Yeah. <laughs> as he has three, four this year now? Or three? I think it's four. I think it's four. I think it was three going into I think it's um, four. two weeks. So that is just crazy. So let's talk about the Marcus goal in... Um, Jay, were you at the game on Wednesday? I was not, unfortunately. So neither <clears throat> of you guys went to the games. No, I, could, I was out of town. No, I would yell at you both. Um, I'm going to yell at Matthew because um, I like yelling at Matthew. But it was something that was planned later on in the season because Club de Leon didn't pay their bills, and so we got to host the game, or at least that's what the internet thinks, and that's what I also believe. Um, I think we were forced into hosting the game. I think we were, too. I think Club de Leon quit playing their bills, and I think then we, uh, if you read between the lines of our um, of our statement on the matter, we're hosting the game because Club de Leon's not paying their bills. Um, Just glad uh, we played it and no one, yeah, because I was No one got hurt. Yeah. Also, we had bet a lot of money, Matthew and I, um, fictitious money, of course, that this game was not going to happen. Yeah, that's why I wasn't there, because it really shouldn't have happened. 
but it did. <laughs> it did. And we, on rewatch, looked pretty decent. Jay, did you get a chance to rewatch this one? I haven't rewatched it, but I watched the entire game. So I was I was happy. I mean, I felt a little nauseous at times, but, I mean, I, we felt really solid. I thought we had control the entire time, basically. I thought we, f- we actually weren't just danger adjacent. We were actually dangerous. Yeah. We weren't finishing, which is always never... That's the worst Never feels part. good. Yeah. yeah. But also, I'd rather be that than just barely almost dangerous and not do anything i'm gonna point out we did we did finish we like, did there were two extra goals in the back of the net that were called back for offside they were both good and we're both good yeah. yeah yeah that's true that's very true um okay do we have anything left on those two games or do you guys want to move forward to flower city well, and then talk a little congratu- bit more about- you know, congratulations to marcus yeah golden boot doing baby. it again so, golden boot yeah okay so i made uh, I made a little a little rundown that we were going to do that you're clearly not paying attention to. Why would I read your rundown? <laughs> because even when I said right before this, this is your uh, you direct us. I'm not listening to you, Matthew. So, uh, quick notes. Welcome back, Colin Stripling from injury. Yep. Although that was relatively short lived. We can talk about later if we think we'll actually see him in the uh, semifinal or not by the way it appears to be a red card for descent uh second yellow for descent rather meaning he got two yellows oh it was a it was a, it was went down as a red card i don't know why the referee put a put a put a yellow card up beforehand but it, it officially goes in the book as a red card uh welcome back colin welcome back taylor gray let's go uh, shout out that's a big one yeah that's a real big one did you did Great you timing. know he was coming in when you were watching on the stream could you tell no but so, when i saw him running out there in the stadium um it was palpable because he started walking up, took off his bib, and the whole stadium, unprompted, started like clapping and like some of a lot of people started standing up. And then we did Taylor Gray's song for about a minute straight before awesome. he got in there. And the whole like, yeah, it, the pop for him. I was telling Matt this right before we started, right before you got here, actually. Taylor is the Taylor and Marcus are the only two players I think on this team that are genuinely recognized regularly without prompting by the like average fan Marcus because he scored so many goals and Taylor because kind of like Juan they look so unique on the field whether it's the hair or the flair or the whatever like the, the overall the skill. goals like yeah. it's, it's all these things combined together but like there's a thing there's there's a feeling that when he comes in you feel it when Juan would do things and that's why you saw everybody fill up the stadium for Juan <coughs> excuse me but over the years, when Juan would be either subbed in or do something, you could tell the stadium felt it because they would stand up. Yeah. When Taylor gets the ball, it's a similar thing. Whether he has the ball or whether he's subbing in for the first time almost all season, the stadium and the, the Nuga section remembers him. Obviously, like the Giant 109s is, is in for it, but it's just really cool. Big yeah. welcome back to him. The vibes were immaculate when he came in, and it was very, very good. By the way, Luis, Gar- look- Luis Garcia Sosa, this is why you should have kept your hair long. <laughs> You think he would be more recognizable? How did he look in uh, person? Because I did watch the whole thing, but I wasn't, I couldn't really analyze anything. Um, his brain still is good. Um, he looks like he's coming back off of a long injury. He looks stiff. Yeah. yeah. Um, he still had some moments where he was very good and he's whatever just else. Get back into it. But he's like six months out of a serious knee injury, and the lateral movement is what I noticed that wasn't really there. He is so tricky uh, and, and bendy. Like, not a little different than Jesus. They both do a similar thing, but they do it differently. But he has an explosive thing that he does where he scoots around somebody or he plays it around uh, along or he takes off two-step. I mean, he just didn't quite have that same thing. Um, I think that that's just a physical thing that will return with injury coming back. And maybe it's his first game back. Maybe there's some nerves involved, and maybe he will have some of that back next game. I don't know. But I did notice he was good. He just wasn't quite the same yet. But also, 
I'm not worried about it. Yeah. I'm just happy to see him back out there. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, well, welcome back to him. We can run down the uh, what, what we finished with our record. So we finished 15, 7, and 2, 9, 4, and 0 at home. So that means zero losses it's good. at Fort Finley. Um, then 6, 3, and 2 on the road, Matt. How do you feel about the zero goose egg at home? Uh, it's possibly the first year... Uh, in Nisa that we had a better record at home than we did on the road. Interesting. You know, something that I want a coach who remained nameless, cause I don't know if they want to be um, out there mentioned some like last year, they felt like we had read a disadvantage at home. This coach did. Um, and they were like, I don't know why, but it feels like, and you look at the record, we're worse at home and they had their theory. And then I, I have my theory and I know Matt has his theory. Like we have some theories on why that might've been this year. We haven't been worse at home. I on the record side at least um, we have yeah if you think about if you think about the the four draws at home you've got the nil nil flower city which we'll we'll talk about uh, in the preview section definitely you've got a one one with Savannah that we should have should have won we had a, a disallowed goal um, you've got the the one that was the Anatoly being big disallowed goals for those you've got the one one against Gold Star you've got a one one against Club de Leon in there as well. And uh, I think what is... We beat Michigan at home. We beat LA Forest at home. Twice. LA twice. Yeah. That feels good. Yeah. Well, and we beat Albion at home once. Um, we beat the teams. We beat, Mar- we beat Maryland at home in our only game that we had them at home. Um, and, and in fact, like, we played, we played Maryland, Michigan, LA twice, Albion, all of those... Um, I guess five. There are five playoff teams. We played Flower City twice at home. Five playoffs teams, and it was. God, I hate playing at Albion. I hate their announcers on their stream. <laughs> five five playoff no teams. Seven <laughs> seven games against playoff teams at home, which tells me that our schedule was actually ended up being relatively hard. Um, in that respect, in terms of our home away split, and we won six games and we drew one. It's good. Which is really interesting. I don't I don't know what to make of it, but it's really interesting. Yeah. Jay, when you look at those numbers, how do you feel? Amazing. Yeah. We One drew <laughs> we drew some game we drew some couple games we shouldn't have against some <clears throat> some poor competition, but overall that's a good record. Yeah. And we didn't seem to have the same like issues that we kinda seemed to have at home last year, which is we I don't know if we played a little scared or yeah. whatever else. I mean, and, and, look- and all three of those games we went down in, uh, we had late comebacks to to draw. Oh yeah, and, and chances to win, and that created a certain type of energy around Finley, right? It takes sure. a, it takes a one-one draw to a one-one draw to a ninetieth-minute come from behind one-one draw, which is like more fun and more hype generating. One of the most iconic photos in CFC history is it Brandolita being just? Oh no, no, no! It's Marcus after he hits the free kick against Club de Leon. Well, it's Club de Leon, right? Yes. To tie it up, uh, pivoting, and it's Rod with his arms outstretched and Marcus running towards him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Rod's pretty stoic. So Rod having an absolute... And, and if you watch the video of that, he Rod actually pivots and pumps the, to the crowd and yells something. And it was... But that, that photo... There are photos every year. There's a couple photos that will be, like, emblematic of the season and that are iconic in history. That was one. And that is one of... That is emblematic of the season for sure, but it's also one of the most iconic photos of CFC all time, I believe. Back to you asking me how I feel... Um, considering considering where these playoff games, this playoff game 
and if we win this one into the next playoff game, considering where they would be played at home, that zero on the home record gives me it just makes me feel a little bit more confident. Can I oh, yeah. can I bring you down a little no, bit? No, how about you don't? Is this where I keep talking for another minute and don't let you let me know? <laughs> yes, definitely. Go ahead, go ahead and do. Uh, LA Force's playoff loss to Flower City Union was their first loss at home on the year. Yeah, they didn't actually play at home. They yeah, don't, like, Matthew, they, they, they don't have a home. Okay? <laughs> Bingo. That doesn't count. Also, they played at Great Park most of the year, and then they played somewhere else for their... Rio Hondo, which actually is the LA, the true LA home. <laughs> they don't have a home. <laughs> were they playing at one point? Were they playing in championship? Or yeah, whatever? they have been that all was, season. That was most of the and season. And who played there previously before that? Cal United. And what Both happened? teams that lose in the first round of the playoffs. And wow. But I just am confused by Cal United not existing. I mean, I understand the entire situation. I just think it's super ironic that they play there. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. So, all right, I, let's uh, let's let's kind of let's transition uh, from our regular season recap to a mailbag question. Talk straight into your mic, Matthew. Yeah, dude. Um, fine. If you if you talk this even yeah, right Felipe. here, it takes it down a little bit. Just talk right into it. I'll take you down a little bit. Hey, don't tempt me with a good time. Uh, so Tom Gonzalez asks, I want to see leaders in each category, the statistical categories, uh, and how it compares to last season. Mm. Ooh. Uh, well, did you? Are we going to save this for the long, the longer review of the season, or do you have those numbers? I have let's both numbers it. straight okay, up here. Let's do it. I mean, we're just using league uh, for the the twenty twenty three season. I actually don't have the twenty twenty two season broken down into uh into league and other stuff but okay. it's mostly the same you've got marcus leading the team in goals this year um 15 uh in the oh, we got to talk about marcus's tweet real quick oh yeah so there was some i don't know if dj did you see marcus's tweet about turns out the tiebreaker is just most goal scored no so marich and marcus were going in tied into the final day and there was some um, debate on Twitter among the Nisa in the Nisa community th- of what was going to be the tiebreaker. Was it going to be assists? Which, by the way, it is assists. Or was it going to be whatever yellow card? I don't know. Fair play. Like you know, leagues use different things. But what was the tiebreaker going to be? And so he posted after the game because he scored to go up one. Turns out the tiebreaker was just most goals scored. He never misses, does he? He never does. He's, a, he's the best. He is, an, he is an assassin. That is incredible. There was a, <laughs> there was a, a fan. I'm, I'm upset I didn't have the enjoyment of reading that. So first of all, at the bar, four different people came up and showed it to me at the bar. So he Dude, tweeted from the locker room. He is an assassin. That is so good. And then I introduced it to somebody who wasn't following. I went to a fan, a fan who didn't realize he was on Twitter or whatever else. And he was reading back through his posts. And this guy was sitting here for like five minutes going, this is the best follow in sports. And he was looking at the t- the one where they posted the tie, where he posted the tide from the from Maryland, where they claimed him he was on the ground too much, and he had um, stains on his uniform. And he posted a picture of tide from the um, from a Walmart, and was like, you know, getting these to clean my jersey or whatever. And then they were like, you know, tell your Walmart people to stock their WalMarts. Chattanooga WalMarts look like shit. And he's like, this is the closest one to your stadium. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> it was just, I mean, and I'm paraphrasing. I'm fucking it up. But it was just so, so good. So if you're not following Marcus on Twitter, y'all, what are you doing? Get on Twitter and look back through his timeline because there's some serious uh, burners He or burns. He is an assassin, as uh, Jay just said. Breezy, dude, it's X. Okay. It's not X. It's Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Elon Musk. So, no, you can, no. Uh, so Marcus, uh, with 15 goals, 
that's actually down from uh, 20 goals last year, mm. 19 in the league and one in the independent cup. And the real interesting category here is our leader in assists is actually a tie mm. between Matai Mwape and Alex McGrath with five apiece. Um, last year's winner in assists was Marcus with seven. Yeah. Um, which I think is a lot, has a lot to do with how the team creates goals this year versus last year, yeah. mm-hmm. which is a conversation I want to get into in a future post season yeah. um, or an off season podcast as we start to kind of deconstruct this team and then for reconstruct sure. whatever comes next. Um, if you want to look at hockey assist for this year, which you love to do, which I do love to do, your winner is going to be Alex McGrath with four. And I think, yeah, Alex McGrath was the winner last year with five. Makes sense. Which is, which just shows how involved Alex is to our offense yeah. and how important it is that he is involved in the buildup because we're not getting into dangerous areas as often without Alex. Yeah, I love how he's an attacking threat, but he's also so key in the distribution. Sometimes. How many assists did he have? Five? Yeah. Five assists. Six goals, five assists, four hockey assists. There we go. That just yeah, shows that's, like... That's a, that's a hustler. That's yeah. 15 goal contributions in the league. Um, if you count secondary he had, assists. He had 16 goal contributions last year. That includes Open Cup and um, and a dependent cup. And, I know he got an assist. And most importantly, I hear he's a decent DJ. Dude, did you see the pictures from his uh, <laughs> Halloween <laughs> DJ Halloween show? Yeah, yeah, it was oh, packed, dude. That's awesome. It looked packed. So that's, that's your that's your kind of statistical leaders uh, compared to last year. Eric Young asks, "What was our conversion rate on short corners versus long corners?" Shout out to Eric Young. The guy's a G. Absolutely. All right. Did you? The, yeah, the real answer is I'm not watching every single minute to go back. Like That's a Chris Nugent question, right? Uh, we did score one short corner on the year. It was at Albion beginning of the season. And it's not even like... Is it the 5-0 or 4-0? Yeah, it was five the, nil. It was five the fifth nil, goal yeah. in the 5-0. And it's not even like... Lenny's first touch of his career. Dude, so I somehow... I don't know how, but I somehow got my internet on a Delta flight to Vegas to let me... I figured out how to stream it. I Let's go. Flight, so I watched that entire game on a plane. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Matt awesome. and I were um, pretty well behaved, shockingly, at that game. <laughs> yeah, well, you scored in the second minute and just decided it wasn't going to be worth being insane. Um, yeah, so so Lenny's, Lenny's goal in that game comes from a short corner. It's actually kind of a recycled short corner. Um, so it depends on where you draw the line of, is this run of play or is this a short corner? Uh, I'm counting it as a short corner because Aiden Bowers is still up for example. Mm-hmm. Um, we also scored, is it four or five uh, from long corners? Well, you tell us, Mr. Statman. I don't know. I wrote it down somewhere you know, Matt needs a segment where it's the tax man by the Beatles, but it's the, t- the stat, stat man. man. We actually scored seven goals. He's a stat man. We scored six goals from long corners. Oh, yeah. yeah that that includes, direct, that includes uh, three different types. You've got... Uh, you've got. Oh, nice! Well done. You've got corner. That's for you. That's for you, not him. Thanks, served it. in. Still trying to talk. And headed in. <laughs> you've got corner that's served in, headed across, and then back in. Uh, and you've got an Olympic hill from Alex McGrath. It, I was about to say, how many of those corner assists were Alex? Because did he take them on both sides? 
Uh, in swinger announcer. Well, we typically do in swingers from Alex Shh. on the on the. <laughs> don't don't say this out loud. I swear to God, if Flower City listens to this and learns something, then call, well, there's a reason us. why they're going amateur next year. Uh, Damn! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Holy shit! All right, you want to move on to the next question? <laughs> sure. So um, I'll take this one because this is one of my closest friends, Zach Taylor. Let's go. Who's a, a big time fan? I basically shout text out him. Zach. I text him before every time I come on. I'm like, got anything for me to say? But his his questions are like, I'm not allowed to ask that yet. Like, <laughs> so um, what was our most successful front three and midfield three? I think the midfield three is pretty obvious. It's yeah. Dixon, McGrath, and Luis Garcia Sosa. Um, I thought Beto had a really great stretch uh, of games in in the middle of the season. Yeah, he really did. Uh, I mean, just just unbelievable. And and I think. He hasn't got as many minutes lately. Um, yeah. By the way, he's out for the season. I saw him Wednesday. What? Beto's out for the season. What? Hurt his knee. Not getting not. Fuck. Yeah. Well, that explains that actually. Yeah. Tweaked his tweaked his, and if it's not a knee, I'm sorry, Beto. I don't. I'm not trying to like. God, I, love I think guy. it was knee, but yeah, he, he's got a, he's got an injury that is not going to be career threatening by any means, and he's walking around, but like he's it's just not. He's out for the season. Yeah, well, that fucking sucks. Two um, intense ass games, you know. Yeah, we need we could really use Beto. He he's just he brings something a little bit different than Luis. Um, uh, do you know what he brings? And Smitty would totally tell me that I'm correct, but buckets. Nah, he brings the sauce. <laughs> He brings a shot. It's more like the sauce, but it, yeah, yeah. He shoots is the thing I always like. Yeah, he takes he it. loves to pull that trigger, and he's got he shoots different than Luis. Luis has two goals, including one unbelievable. That's two, right? I think he has three. Okay, so he has one unbelievable finish with his left foot, but like Beto will just smash it sometimes. Yeah, yeah. he and, hits a good knuckleball, and it's something we talked about during the season. But when he's in there and he's at the top of the box, teams have to key on that. They have to step to him quicker. They can't wait off because if he hits that, he might score. A thing that Luis can do but doesn't opt to do as much. And so they're different looks. They're very yeah. different looks. Well, what, what, so what would you have given the best midfield three, would you say? It's Luis, Alex, and, and Richard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and I think that bears itself out in just how much the, those three have played together. Just I, a quick side note. Uh, Zach texts me. I asked him anything else. He said, holy fuck, Richard Dixon is the man. I know it's been said before, but he just keeps getting better and better. He's, it's, it's unbelievable been, he's still playing at this high level. Such a caliber. Age. Uh, it's just like it is. Uh, he's slowed. Oh no, he hasn't slowed down at all. That's how I feel. What's really interesting is he had a, a, a incredibly injury plagued 2019. Uh, yeah, and then he had a, a fairly injury plagued 2020. Remember, yeah. he didn't even play with us the game first. in Oakland uh, at, before before the pandemic, and then he had a, he had a, a stretch of, of a couple games, and then he got hurt 20 minutes into the into the bubble. Yeah, and. Um, and, and we were, I mean, like it's always concerning because he was already starting to get up there a little bit in age, but he had a, he had a fairly decent 2021 in terms of, I mean, he played a lot of games. Like he didn't, wasn't, didn't have as many injury issues. And then what's been really remarkable for the last two years uh, is he's basically not missed any time at all. Uh, anytime he's missed has been just coach's decision you know, let's get you out for a few minutes here and there. Um, and when he's uh, not and, and like he's and he's playing a midfield position where he's got to run a decent amount too. When he's not playing, he's coaching. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Hundred percent. So. Uh, so what would you go with for the front three? I think this is a complicated question, and I think it it's kind of a the story of of CFC season. Yeah. Because there's some revolving doors. The front mm-hmm. the front 
three, the, 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 I guess the top choice front three at the beginning of the season was Marcus up front, Taylor Gray on the left and Matai Mwapi on the right. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously Taylor has his injury in the Birmingham game in the open cup and we don't see him again until Wednesday against Club de Leon. Uh, and in that time they went through some, some different iterations. You had Damien up for a little bit before his injury. You had uh, Juan Louis getting, getting most of his starts in this stretch of time. Uh, Mumu in there. And the team was, the team was winning games. Like they were chugging along a little bit. Uh, but like the explosive offensive factor that we had pre Taylor's injury did not return. And, uh, and I think, you know, you see the club go out and sign Jesus Sabara, who was, uh, had been playing for two, three years or so at USL league one in Greenville, um, made an appearance in the, in the TST, the soccer tournament in the summer, assigning him out, out, out of there. No, uh, and sub, he's subbed in. At, he's played at Finley before too, wasn't he? Didn't he play with the MPSL Greenville we, we team? We think he played with Greenville FC. Yeah, Greenville uh, at FC. one point in time. R.I.P. Um, R.I.P. Sorry, I just <laughs> rest in pieces. You've rest got um, <laughs> R.I.P. in peace. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. R.I.P. in peace. <laughs> you, so you see him sub in for his first minutes, and then he starts every single game. I think minus L.A. away uh, the rest of the season. So like. If you're looking at it from from a kind of a, a now and second half of the season point of view, well, it's going to be Marcus, Jesus, and, and Mumu, right? Because that's who's just been playing the majority of minutes together. Those yeah. are the ones that are scoring the goals. Those are the ones that are that are doing whatever. Yeah, that would that would have to be the answer. What do you? But I understand. Your what do you think? I would agree. So I'm going to disagree on. I'm going to go with different on than both of you. Um, I'm on the three midfielders. I'm going to say at the the and I'm going to take this question slightly differently. Um, it's not necessarily who I want starting right now um, because we're at a, it just depends throughout the season. But the highest we have performed in the midfield was the couple weeks that Beto just went Super Saiyan and he he scored and he was in it and our offense was better. And I think the highest we have performed in the midfield is Beto, Mar, um, Richard, Alex, and Richard. Um, for that little short period of like three games, four games. That was the best our midfield performed. And I would say the beginning of the season when Taylor was absolutely on fire and then Marcus and Mumu, who has had an up and down season, um, that's the highest. Those There's a few games where that's the best our um, front three we're playing. Front three have played. Yeah. The front three is a harder question. So I'll take that front three. Um, but also like Mumu varies game in, game out. He is sometimes absolutely Superman and sometimes he is just average. And then that's the story of a lot of players, but like his season's just been really up and down and it hasn't all clicked for him and another winger for large periods. Um, But those are the two that I would take as our best. Also right now, it's very clear who should be starting, not just based on injury. It's the three that are starting on both sets. Like I have no like issues with the coaches, but I think who's performed the best little trios. Those two trios are the, are the best trios for me. I have to uh, apologize and admit something. When I first saw Ibarra play, I was like, Nope, it's not it. And then, like, slowly but surely, he proved me that I have no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> so, well done to him. It's, uh, I, I think I think listeners may be surprised of this. <clears throat> Taylor Gray uh, had played in five games in the season, the first five games of the season, uh, and then he's got a substitute appearance in the last game of the season. That's six games played, five games started, 500 total minutes played this season he's got a goal four assists two hockey assists 
in that's five games seven goal contributions yeah. and that's not even counting in five starts in a, in a sub and that's not counting like a 0. 0.5 or, or yeah probably a 0. 0.5 point six xg chance that he created at albion right that alex um shot and was saved and then alex puts home the rebound like that that he could have had another assist on yeah should have had another assist on and yeah. by the way like, he well. had a good he had a he scored a good goal against club de leon like he he was in the right place at the right time. It was a it was a ball played by a Club de Leon player straight to Taylor that he puts in the net and the and the AR puts up his flag for off for offside. Yeah. I I got a question from Like it's it's un it's unbelievable how he started the season. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to say this right now, like if we get a glimpse of that and say the final 20 minutes of the semifinal, like that could be the difference in that game. That's also why I said like you asked how, ta- how Taylor looked, Jay, and he did not look that level of Taylor. Yeah. Yet, yet I'm, I'm leave a space for him to potentially yeah, well, do it. There's but a he, reason he did not look. Get warmed up. There's a reason why you play him for 20 minutes in the last regular season game of the year, because you don't want his first 20 minutes to be in a playoff game. Yeah. So Zach had another question that I don't think we can answer. How many passes per game did the front three actually attempt and complete to one another? Yeah, call Chris Nugent on that one. I have no uh, idea. We'd have to go count some more. Um, that is an interesting question, um, because we, we definitely spend a lot of time passing between the not front three. Um, because of how our like little triangles are built on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another question from Zach, you, you bad, bad man. I like this. I like this question a lot. Where did our 12 goals conceded come from? Whew. Well, be nice. Uh, so the, the question like actually is, is a little bit longer, uh, cause it asked about like, is it coming from a certain part of the field? Is it coming from individual mistakes, whatever? And it, like, Truly, like more than half are, are individual mistakes, which with some kind of counter. No, with like we made some bad, either a bad defensive play or a goalkeeper bobble or something that just gives the gives them gotcha, a gotcha. gifts them a chance. Okay. So, th- so think about this: you've got uh, Savannah mm-hmm. at home penalty kick. You've got which will count as an error for us, right? I think pretty clearly. Gold star away penalty kick. Savannah away penalty kick, LA Force away penalty kick. That's four. That's a third of our goals conceded. Yep, keep going. Um, you've got let's let's go to like the good goals that we remember. LA Force away, Savannah. Those are the only away. two. The only two like where a team created a really nice. Where you're like, damn, nice job, good good goal. That and, sucks. and like and you can and you can talk about like our defending and why it wasn't good in that particular scenario yeah. as well as saying like you made the yeah, passes, you made the play. Good sometimes job. a team makes good passes and a good play and they did that. That's that accounts for half of our mm-hmm. half of our goals. Now you've got uh Maryland away. Absolute banger. No, that's Maryland at home. Well, no, there's, there's two Maryland away goals that we've given up one. Do you count? Do you count that as a mistake or do you count that as, as a banger? I personally think it's partially a mistake but also, I think a Maryland player is fouling Colin Strickland. Oh yeah, I remember this. Who yeah, goes into, into Jean Antoine? Uh, do you think which Jean, I would call a referee's mistake? Yeah, like do you think Jean could get it? Like whatever, maybe that that's up for for conversation. Uh, you've got a, just an absolute Maryland banger, which I'm going to go ahead and put in the good goal category. Yeah, uh, that's just fine. because is it a Darwin goal? Because it always seems no, to no it, it was a defender. But I yeah, no, fuck Darwin, man, he's good. Defender. It was he, Manny Gonzalez. I thought he's a defender. No, midfielder. Come on. Well, actually, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like, so you've got you've got uh, the Maryland goal, which is is a mistake of some variety. Maybe it's referee. Maybe it's whatever. You've got Club de Leon at home. 
Yeah. Which is which is a goalkeeper mistake. Uh you've got LA at home which was a, which was a mistake, a rebound. Um you've got Gold Star which is miscommunication uh amongst defense and goalkeeper. It's it's a mistake. Um that's for I'm missing one. The deflection at um oh, Savannah. Oh, freak deflection at Savannah, yeah. So if you want to look did at you, like, did you have those on a list? No, no, those are off memory. Yeah, and I'm sitting here scrolling, fop mob, going, yep, check, check, check. That was, that was, so I think it's a, just, he's a hell of a nerd. I think it's just really easy to like break them out in, in, into into three categories, which is PKs, good goals, and mistakes. We have three good goals and f- four PKs and five mistakes. No, four, four, and four. Four, 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 four. Okay, and and your good goals include. The absolute freak banger from Maryland and the freak deflection against Savannah, which are goals from the run of play that may happen in freak circumstances. But like, just I, I think that makes a clear category. And to what and and, and to kind of the the genesis of the question, which was like, is there a pattern on on our goals that more likely? This is too small a sample size. Like, the defense has been so fucking good this year yeah. that you can't even draw. There is not a meaningful sample to say. How what kind of goals do we give up? Actually, I, I disagree a little bit. Um, what what it, what it does show us is we're not likely to give up a goal that is not self-inflicted. Eight of those goals are in some way self-inflicted, whether they are penalties or a mistake, right? Yeah, that's actually true. So we are, and there was only four times have we, and we've had to stretch a little bit on some of those. Only four times have we given up a goal where we feel like the other team um, caused it uh, without us making a mistake. So that is. First of all, it means our defense has been fucking excellent all year. If, if you're going to use that delineation, then I'm going to say it's going to be nine and three because I'm going to move one of the goals. The uh, the deflected goal against Savannah should never be in that position. I'm just going to okay. set it aside. Nine and three even more. So what, my point here is we have controlled games defensively better than in any season in our professional history. And whether it's through defensive possession. Also, remember, we have not um, – we have not uh, – what was the stat we have uh, as far as we when scoring first, we have gone down. We, fi- we, we finally lost two, which would be the first two in Rod Underwood's tenure, by the way, where we lost, where we, where we went up one. But once somebody else went up on us and we came back to tie, we never let anybody uh, score again. Was that the stat that I'm thinking of? You were thinking of that until LA force happened. My point being is we very, very rarely, um, very, very rarely let another team get back in a game it's just it's so just we didn't those... draw a single we didn't draw a single game this year where somebody came back to draw us where Correct. we scored first we yeah. lost two because we had some some fuck-ups and by the way i would we did, i didn't say this about savannah i should have um i would chalk savannah up to it's not okay we need to be better but also we we just won the title and i think we had a little mental letdown um and that just is what it is let's not let it happen again like you said let's have it happen now and not later yeah but we we never even let a team come. We two those two games we lost. Other than that, we didn't let a team come back and draw us if we scored first, because we controlled those games defensively, and we controlled the games to a certain extent offensively. But by really, really good individual defending in the regular season and in defensive possession, we were just damn hard to score on, and we were much more likely to gift you something, which is crazy, much more likely to gift you something than to let you beat us, which is insane because we still only allowed twelve goals. Yeah. The defense is our strength and our pillar, and that's an insane thing to say about a Rod Underwood team. No, <laughs> no disrespect meant, um, but that's that's where we are. 
And I feel very, 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 very good about the defense um, and how they've looked this season. I want to know the answer to this next question. Go. Oh, it's uh. So this is from Ripley and River, and shout they, out. They ask how many times did the ball go into the net and be disallowed this year? Oof. For us or against us? Because mostly they were for us, and it felt like way too fucking many. Yeah, I don't actually, I don't actually know the answer to this. I can think of three off the top of my head I right now. I can think now. of two of the last in the last game. Right, two in the last game. You've got the disallowed goal against Savannah. Uh, that would have been the winner. Um, there were others though. There, there being, were others for sure, and I don't. Maybe that's a question to prepare for our offseason pod. If if we go back and think about it a little bit more, we may not know every single one. We may remember a few more. Yeah, I don't. I don't actually necessarily know if I want to go back and, and watch look every game because. Yeah. Then you start getting into referee decisions and being grieved, yeah. and I just don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, but like it's been a it's been a few. Agreed. And, and more interestingly, I'm 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 I would be more curious about like which ones were actually good and which ones mm. were were like legitimately eh, that's that's a foul or that's definitely offside or whatever. I can tell you two that were good. <laughs> I can tell you three that were good. <laughs> I think all three of those. Yeah. 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 Okay. So let's move into the semifinal review. Jay, do you have a hard out time? Cool. Um, let's move into this Flower City review. Let's try not to spend too much time on it. But I'm going to start with uh, Rick's question, which is a very good question. Um, are you good with this, Matthew? No, I'm not good with this because this, this the actual. We're not po- going to start with the sandwich hot dog thing. We'll go to that later. No, we're doing the playoff recap. Right. Semifinal. Oh, playoff. Oh, recap. You want to lead up to the. So we're playing Flower City Union. This is what happens when one person wants to do a show doc and the other one doesn't. <laughs> so I wanted to do it and then I didn't care. On, on Saturday. Uh, Albion and Maryland played in, in the first quarterfinal. Uh, that game finishes nil-nil. That was an intense, intense game. One, because um, Albion... Wait, wait. You say Flower City? Albion and Maryland. Okay, I thought you said Flower City. Albion dominated that game. Dominated most of that game. We watched uh, the vast majority of that game. And yeah. then penalties were wild. Yeah, Albion dominated that game, except they didn't really create a ton. Uh, Maryland's Maryland's kind of defensive aggressive style in midfield really gave Albion problems putting everything together uh, in the final third and and credit Maryland it was it was a good game plan I thought they played hard um and and then you got into into extra time and it became just like sometimes extra times are just very cautious very tense uh and that was just not it was open it was back and forth it was insane uh I think Maryland ended up with the better of the chances by the end uh, because they created a couple of absolute, absolute brilliant opportunities. Including with about five minutes left, the biggest chance of the game yep. to the best player on the field for either team. And he missed. Yeah. Felt, ball fell right to Darwin. Just missed the bar. In front of the goal. And he just it. missed. Uh, they go into, they go into penalties. Great set of penalties, by the way. Very fun. Everybody was going <laughs> up and in the corner. Like, nice. Just no, each nobody team, bang, was messing bang, around. Bang, 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 bang. It was so cool. Um, I mean, terrible. I hated it. <laughs> I, I, watching as a neutral was fun. It was fun. Uh, the Maryland goalkeeper steps up in the eighth round and uh, is saved by Albion's keeper. And he didn't deserve that because he's been really good all year. And like everyone's going to look back. He's not supposed to take a penalty, y'all. And right. if he takes a penalty, like somebody said, like, just like, you know, the Maryland keeper blew it. I saw this online somewhere, and it's like, no, he didn't. Like Someone he, someone said that, really? Yeah, yeah. And, That's and, unfortunate. And maybe they're being sarcastic. I don't know. But, like, it, there's no blowing it when you're the uh, – you have to take a penalty. Uh, unless a ball had gone, like, 
straight through his hands, um, like earlier on in the game to allow a goal or whatever else. Like he did not blow it. He kept they, they kept it in. He made plenty of big saves um, throughout their season. He did not. He kept them in that game when he needed to, and they, he never got a really truly savable ball. What's the during what's the, the um penalty shootout what's the xg on on penalty makes and nisa it's like 0.76 something like that you're not you're asking the wrong guy i don't know 0.76 to 0.8 or something like that (laughs) like you're you're looking at three quarters to four fifths um a chance to score basically and purely purely on on the odds and you get to the eighth round like it's you're you're playing with just crazy probabilities at this point in time and like weird shit happens in sports we talk about all the time in this podcast and like it's unfortunate that for for it's unfortunate for the player that it happened to him, but like weird shit happens in sports, especially the further down you get on the on the penalty pecking order. So Albion advances; uh, they'll travel to to Michigan uh, in a rematch of a very spicy regular season game uh, where George has said some mean things online uh, and also just doesn't know the rules no of, of the league. He also, also no way. <laughs> <laughs> but the interesting game to talk about is is Flower City Union four, Los Angeles Force two. Jay, did you get to watch any of this game? I did not get to watch any of that one. I, I just, watched the last like twenty or thirty minutes live, maybe twenty minutes, not that long. And then Matthew and I rewatched the first twenty minutes, which I had I should say rewatched, watched the first twenty minutes um, before you got here, and it was fun. I'll have to go back and check it out. Flower City it, scored two in the first like seven minutes or eight minutes. Damn, six minutes. It was wild. Good, so they, got it, they if, got it out of them. So if you if you go back to the four matches that Flower City and CFC played this year, uh, it opened up at home in April. Uh, that was a, ended up being a one nil game where uh, Flower City was incredibly compact in midfield, made it really hard to, for us to bypass them. Still might be the best anyone's played us defensively all year. Yeah, uh, that game, by the way, did not have Marcus on the field. Uh, because he was being rested for the upcoming Open Cup game midweek against Birmingham. Um, the one goal in that game comes from a Richard Dixon penalty kick uh, after Taylor Gray did some magic and earned earned the PK. Um, Flower City created absolutely nothing in that game, and we barely created anything. And uh, But it, it, I think it was, we talked about it after the game. We thought like, oh, that's they might be the new Michigan Stars. Like this team, they actually have some real pros this year great game plan like this team might be able to to really do some stuff and i think there was a difference in flower city based on when they played us and when they played anybody else Mm. and so we go up there in in may and play them in a one nil game nobody saw nobody saw except for because they fucked up the street except for a couple people in rochester you've got marcus with an absolute banger so we're told um but like I think I think they would say that it followed a little bit like the the first game, which was not really a lot going on. Uh, and that game also does not have Taylor Gray, so you don't have that that little bit extra. But Marcus was back, and so you get Marcus doing Marcus shit. Then you get the the game at home in August, which was nil nil, and this was an interesting one tactically because Flower City sat in really, really hard. At this point in time, CFC had been able to really just bypass everyone's midfield, but struggled if you went into a full bunker. Mm. And Flower City went into a full bunker. They played outside backs at both outside back and at winger, so just kind of dropping in in a back six in, in defense. And 
played that way for 60 minutes, then made subs and tried to go on the attack and steal if they could like nick three points. And they were they were pretty effective. Uh, not they didn't put anything on target in that game, but they were able to like get forward and get some shots off. And that game finishes nil nil. And then we go up there, uh, and and what was the third to last regular season game? CFC wins two nil. Uh, Flower City's in a back three uh, that like you know defends in a back five and then really pushes those wing backs high. Uh, very and, different from how they played us the first two times. Very, very different. And I think it's one of those games where Flower City needed points in that game to, to give them a better chance of making the playoffs because Club Dillion had so many games in hand. And while Club Dillion did not win any of those games that they had in hand, you know, getting one point versus CFC and getting the chance to get three points outweighed potentially getting zero points. Like the difference between zero point and one point is just, it is nothing in the grand scheme of things. Three would have been more beneficial. And so they go for it a little bit, yeah. play a, play a back three. So they've still got some numbers defensively when they have the ball and they're in the attack, but also having wing backs gives them a chance to have an extra body or a couple extra bodies available out wide to, to cross the ball and, and do whatever. And, they created a couple interesting shots in the in the first half of our game out there in uh, a few weeks ago, um, and John has to make one save uh, in that first half, and then we get a goal early in the second half, and it's it's fairly academic from there. Um, but I think that's a sign for of things to come when it came to the LA game that they played, because can I can I read Rick's question now? Uh, I think it fits right here, Matthew. Yeah, yeah, do it. <clears throat> Jay, after uh, you're the only one who hasn't seen this, I don't think, or maybe you've read it now that Matthew just did his whole preview. Um, after uh, Flower City Union's success attacking LA Force, scoring four goals, would you expect them to try the same with CFC, knowing it could lead to giving up a fair amount of goals? Or do you think they'll use their prior tactic, which they used against us, which you just mentioned, and try to hold defensively to play for overtime slash PKs? What do I think they do, or what do I hope that they'll do? <laughs> I mean, give me both for sure. Yeah, I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna sit in and let the game come to them, because I think we're gonna have. I mean, I don't know, because we the LA Force and we aren't the LA Force. We play very different than them, so I don't see just because that strategy working in one game, while well, they would bring it to us, and I hope that they play on the offensive and they try and go hard, so we can completely change their game plan immediately by trying to hit them with something fast and furious. I love this, and we agree on what we hope they'll do. I think they're going to come out in a back three. Um, and I think they're going to try to play us the same way they did in October, uh, the same way they played against LA Force, which is they want to try to have their cake and eat it too. Yeah. Uh, they try to be defensively compact. We're going to have the ball a lot more than LA Force did. Uh, so they're going to be defending with those numbers back more than they had to. Yeah. Uh, but I do think, uh, especially after scoring four goals, especially after getting a little bit of confidence in a road win in the playoffs, and especially because they have absolutely nothing to lose. Yeah, yeah, they have zero to lose. You know, I think they'll, I, I think it, it'll look like they're trying to do both. Uh, but I, I fully expect if they're able to, if they're able to get the ball, um, you know, especially for some stretches during the game, that they're going to push those those wingbacks pretty high, yep. and they're going to look to try to get, you know, Kavanaugh and Stephen Elias 
to to provide some balls in for for Diacate or for, or for Luke Ferreira uh, or, or or somebody. Like I just wouldn't be shocked to see that. I think it'll it'll look a little bit less than it did against LA Force, but that's mostly because I think we're going to have the ball a lot more. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm somewhere between the two of you. I think they're going to set up much closer to how they set up originally against us because it worked sensibly worked three times it was made they made it really tough to score and the highest probability of them winning is us going to pks that is the highest probability of them winning however i think what matt said bears some fruit i think as they've grown they've grown this season they've started pushing their wingbacks uh more forward to get more danger going forward so instead of just completely just kicking it long every single time once they get it back which they had no offensive even like drive much less like danger in that first game I think they've evolved from there, so they're going to try to push those wingbacks high and actually get forward. And look, Ferreira's was played with us last year. He's a different player now than he was at the beginning of the season. So I think they'll try to capitalize on that, and they will be a little bit more open. But I don't think they're going to come out like they did against us or LA Force. I th- and I, and if they do, I think they will. I hope they do. I hope they do. I think they will quickly get pinned back um, because we are a far better team in possession than LA Force is. And I don't. I think it's naive to come out against us like they do, like they did. And I hope they do. But I think that they know what worked against us, even though they didn't get a win. They knew what shut us down i mean we were not very dangerous in that first game we just happened to get the penalty not that it was luck but like it worked out for us man i just think they're gonna play that probability and they're gonna take a few more chances going forward but they're really just gonna try to stuff us and get and get one of those chances going forward i think that's a that's a cfc centric look at it i think if you looked at it from flower city's perspective they probably think because we're talking about two different formations right now as well uh, when they were when they were bunkering against gonna, us, I don't think they're going to play a, a six four. I think they'll play. A we three should again. ask the guy blowing the leaves what his opinion is. <laughs> hey, buddy, <laughs> what do you think, Flower City? I mean, like, I, I think based on their personnel, based on who's been playing regularly, like the right back that played against us for the first few games of the season is not in the team for whatever reason. I don't know if it's injury. I don't know if it's preference. Whatever. Uh, like it's one of the reasons why Stephen Elias is is playing uh, as a right back or a right wing back. I think there might be some personnel issues, whether it's a group of players that have kind of taken the step the step forward for them specifically, that they feel like this is just like kind of the best group, or maybe it's the best 11 players that we have. This is the best way to fit them all together. Uh, and if you look at it from that perspective, it may not, may not necessarily matter of, Oh well, we'll just play you know a back four with two wingers that tuck in, and and you know that that gives us the best chance. It may legitimately be that like this is the group they've got, and they have to play this way because it gives them the best chance of winning games. Even though it might make them a little bit more open because they were they were carved open against against LA Force a bunch. They just also happened to get the two early goals to change game state. They needed to win against us. As you pointed out, they got an early goal on some horrific L.A. defending. And then they got a second goal on, again, some horrific L.A. defending. And look, it's solid execution for Flower City. But they, after that, they were playing with house money in a lot of ways. I think they're going to come into this game with more discipline and positionally is what I think they're going to do. Regardless of how they set up the personnel, I don't think they're necessarily going to set up with a a uh, six-man back line like they did last time, essentially. But I don't, I think that they're going to set up just much more, kind of like Jay said, absorb pressure and break out. And I think they'll break out better than they did in that game. But I think they're going to sit back. This game against LA Force that we watched, they really didn't sit back. They no. they had the line of confrontation even, where they, even where they were pressing. Goals, even with two goals, they were going for it. At the halfway line, they were, they were meeting LA and trying to press with those players. 
I hope to God they try that against us, but they won't. Yeah, you know what's funny is I was listening to a podcast. I can't remember if it was the last one or if it was the one before that. But I'm about to go outside and kill the guy with the loop wire. <laughs> I love because you're you're a professional. Like Matt and I are like, oh, that's kind of annoying, and you're like, <laughs> I'm gonna kill him. Yeah, I would. If this was the studio, I'd be running out there, being like, what's going on? Um, damn it, where was I going? Sounds with like that? he's in my front yard. It might be my lawn guy. <laughs> it, he, he does sound like he's on the porch. I was going somewhere, and I, I had a thought. Oh, you listened I, to the last couple pods. You listened oh, to okay. So, and you mentioned something. Uh, you mentioned that. All any team can come in and try and set up in Finley. I think this was I have to find it was a couple of pods ago. Any team can try and come in and set up the way they want to in Finley, but the way the way Rod structures his team is where he takes all of that all of that game plan and all of that option away from you by controlling mm-hmm. the game. Yeah, this is why I, I think they will they will have the same game. Flower City will come out with the same game plan with the same idea of how to play. And I think we are going to dictate to them, no, you're going to sit back a little bit more. It's killing me. Just because that that's going to be how the game like plays out. They're going to want to get forward. They're going to want to try to get some numbers and take their chances. But if we are, if we are, are dominant in control of possession and driving the tempo, I think we are going to dictate the game yeah. to be, well, better just sit back in here for a while and yeah. hope... Hope the opportunity passes. I'll, I'll, it's a great I'll, question, I'm re- by the way. It's a great question. I love it. I'm going to read That's a from, quote from... From, um, B- from Brian. It's funny when you know people's animals' names. You know who they were. <laughs> I'm going to read a quote from uh, from Jordan Sullivan, Flower City's head coach. Oh, sorry. That was the question before. It was Brian. Sorry. The last uh, one was Rick. That was the that was from Rick. My, my bad. My bad. My bad. Didn't Both he, great questions. Yeah, yeah. And, and this was posted to CFC social media. Uh, he said, Chattanooga are a fantastic team. They're very well coached. They've got some fantastic players. In the four games we've played against them, in my personal opinion, I thought we've been right there. Who said this? We're going to go for it. Rick did? Jordan Sullivan. Flower City's head coach. So if he says they're going to go for it, but also... First of all, that could be a tactic. Second of all, his uh, that's just... If he thinks we... Okay. I hope he. Does. They have made it. They have made life difficult for us, but they haven't been right there. They haven't created anything. I I think, I think you are doing. Oh no! You said I'm looking at it with a CFC centric. Yes, because as Jay said, everyone adapts to us. And by the way, I hope they don't, and we will tear them up. We will rip their bl- game plan to shreds and burn it and burn them repeatedly for goals if they try to come out and don't like. We they will succumb to our game plan. Now, will we execute it well enough? I don't fucking know. <laughs> but there has not been a single team that has come into Finley Stadium and imposed their will since Rod Underwood got here. Yeah. There have been teams that have played better than us. There have been teams that have beat us. But there's no one that's come in actually to any game and imposed and their will on us yeah. except for except for Atlanta United and to a certain extent Birmingham. Yeah. And even then, and we still we took them to penalties. Well, and, we and, took, and we, arguably, and against and arguably, United, we still played our game the entire time. Yeah, I would argue there's actually one, only one game where we did not play our game plan whatsoever, and because we, we could not, and it was Memphis in the Open Cup. Now we got to okay, go on the fair. first. We got to go on the first minute, and that changed the game completely. But like we were, we were, uh, we were defend like hell and try to counter. Uh, and, and break okay. pressure so, against Memphis. So but. I will I will amend my statement because I both all three games now that we've mentioned have been non-NISA games. There's never been a NISA team that has forced us to... Now, there have been NISA teams that have beat us, but no one has forced us to change our game plan. Yeah. Jordan Sullivan 
has. I don't think he's saying that though. He's he's. It's it's English. It's going to be a vague quote. No, no. We're going to go for it. What does yeah, that mean? He, yeah, he is. We're going to try to defend he, and break out but, occasionally but, and cross the ball and take our chances. But what Breezy's saying is is none of that matters because as soon as they start playing. Hopefully, this is yeah, the way hopefully. this goes. But it, what Breezy's saying is, as soon as they start to try and and play their their game, our game trumps theirs. Bingo. In in possession and in different other ways that keep them from having the amount of possession to be able to do what they want. Also, I mean, like, the idea that they hopefully were, scoring a goal and cutting off the, the bloodline. The idea that they were right there is like when Burnley claims to have been right there with beating Manchester City. Like, yeah, you kept it close when you played them because you played ridiculously defensive, but you created nothing going forward. Yeah. If that's being right there, like there, that's every team that plays. I feel like I feel like Burnley's record against Manchester City is like actually like ridiculously good. Probably not the best best comparison there. Okay, let me let me let me try this again uh, since you're going to well actually me. <laughs> this is like when Bayern or PSG or Manchester City the last few years play anyone in the league yeah. because they've been absolutely dominant overall. Any team that like kept it close is an anomaly and lucky. And Flower City shouldn't be in this in this game with us. And they might beat us, but the idea that they've been like they're here because they deserved it because they all, they they got one draw. We can park the bus. Two draws. We got one, one draw. draw. They got one draw against us. Fuck off. That quote made me mad. That is a. That I is don't a know really, why. That is that, that is, is him the most, firing up his. That is him firing up his own team. But he's stupid. That's yeah. the most milquist quote possible. Milquist. Like milk toast, toast, whatever it is, milk toast, whatever it is. It's like, I don't know what it's actually. The next thing is these are a lot of words that don't actually mean anything. Yeah, we're gonna go for it. Like, yeah, you're gonna go for it. I'm gonna go for it too. Like, we're all gonna go for it. It doesn't mean they're gonna actually like come out and try to dominate possession. Like, it very much could mean, yeah, we're gonna play hard defensively, try to get catch you on the counter, and whip across it and hope for the best. Like. Like yeah, it's, it's it's gen, it's generic coach speak from an Englishman. Like it's you're, just typical stuff. You're right, and I still think he can go <laughs> kick rocks. I got one question that I think we should end this pod on, if we don't have anything else pressing. Sure. Jay, what do you think the lineup's going to be for Saturday for Sunday? Oh, assuming I, assuming I Colin Stripling had a one game suspension, not a three game suspension. I hope it's the, the only the English do that, and fuck the English by the way. I, only the English do. That. Okay, so it's, I hope it's the eleven. That we all think is our top, so it's our our obvious front three, because Taylor's not gonna Taylor's Agreed. will be worked in, and hopefully will be a Superman super sub because that would be sick. It's the midfield three that we talked about earlier, mm -hmm. and then sub Colin for Capazucci for Seb Seba. You think Seba? you think Colin starts? I don't know. I don't. I'm not. Uh, That's the only on, question. I'm I not up on his. Um, I'm not up on his recovery rate and where he is and if he's fully ready to go. Let's or... as, let's assume that physically he's fully ready to go because none of us know that answer that question. I don't know. I, I guess it would be between him and him and Capizucci for where who I would think wouldn't be on the field because the we we know JP is going to be back there, yeah. right? Correct. And Anatoly and Aiden are going to start. Yeah. So that's the one. That's the one. Uh, that's the only question I have. Who's going to start, Capizucci or Colin? Capizucci. Is is Capizucci a right back by trade? No, at he's all? a center back. Yeah, hundred percent a center back. It's, and it, it's, Colin, this is a hundred. I, I think this is a hundred percent. Like, does the red card that that took him from playing four minutes and and missing a starting appearance that he was supposed to have to rehab and get ready for the playoffs? Like, does that matter? I don't know. I don't know. 
and that's why uh, we don't get paid to make these decisions. Yeah, and also the league wouldn't pay us to make the decisions in the first place. So hey. the league for sure wouldn't. The league yeah. for sure wouldn't. Um, yeah, I got. I don't know. I my gut says it's going to be Capazucci just because Rod loves continuity and we've been pretty decent and Sebastian's been pretty good. But I my my kind of heart says it's going to be Colin and I'm going to predict Colin just because we're going to have the ball a lot more, I think against flower city. And I think he's going to want Colin in that spot because we're going to have the ball more, but I don't know. I'm so excited. I am so excited too. Well, if, if you're listening to this, the Chattel Hooligans are planning on doing a little get together on Saturday before the game. Everybody watch your social medias. Um, Saturday, the the Saturday before the yeah, game. Yeah. Okay, it's night like, before the game. It sounded like you're saying like the. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah. Saturday like, night, two days Saturday. Games gotcha. on Sunday. We're gonna get together Saturday night, have a little night before party. Um, so we'll we'll put out some information there at some point uh, once folks decide where we're gonna go. And no, I don't want to go on the sandwich question. I want to use that for uh, save that for a different day. Hey, and um, that's a really good question, and we don't have time to spend thirty minutes uh, talking I mean, about I sandwich I mentioned this to Matt, and uh, I should have said it at the beginning of the podcast, but I just want to remind everybody. That you can listen to us on all your podcast platforms, but you can watch us on YouTube. And by us, I mean me every now and then, and primarily uh, Breezy and Matt. But we've, we're have we getting things figured out on the video front. So even if you don't want to watch us, you should go subscribe and like the video and help your boys out. It was because we're trying to, trying to grow something. A thumbs up for the algorithm. It helps. Yeah, basically. It helps. Well, boys, thank you for joining me. I cannot wait for Sunday. And, uh, yeah, let's... Uh, not die of nerves before then. No, it's gonna it's gonna happen. I have no fingernails already. So. All right, everybody. Peace.